I think we have to be aware that the kingdom of the world is really not happy with the kingdom of God. And you're going to see those two clash like never before this year and in the years to come. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Salty Pastor Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you learn and grow in your faith. It is a journey of faith that you have to take. It is not something you can unsubscribe from or call and have your name removed from a list. It is a journey that you're on whether you want to or not, and you're either growing or shrinking in your faith, and we want to be part of your growth. So that is our goal here at the Salty Pastor Podcast, to help you learn, know what you... And learn and know what you believe and why you believe it. My name is Jesse Mayer. I'll be your host, and we cannot do the Salty Pastor podcast without the Salty Pastor himself, Dr. <laughs> Douglas Peak. Welcome, everybody. It's so good to be with you in the new year. And, Jesse, that's the biggest water bottle I've ever seen. I got to stay hydrated, you Pastor. Have to, you got some serious hydration going on there. Hydration Nation. <laughs> hydration Nation. Yep, it's going to be a good year. and We're here to hydrate you with the Spirit of God. Absolutely. He is a font that never runs dry. Man, Amen I wish this to that. water bottle never ran. <laughs> dry uh we are in our beginning of the year and we're really talking yes. about our theme for this year for the whole year the kingdom pastor yes. doug and pastor steve or pastor harvin pastor steve um kind of kicked us off at the beginning of the year yes and then on tuesday you spoke more into this and then today we're talking about application of mm-hmm. why the kingdom is so important yeah um on tuesday you dug into some biblical texts on first john 2 15 through 17 yep. and then second timothy 3 1 through 5 mm-hmm. and you pointed out in these texts uh, how they show the dichotomy between the kingdom of the world world yeah and the kingdom of god and mm-hmm. how those are different and the same um in some aspects in our understanding so since this is the theme for the year yeah. where do you see this theme impacting us the most well i think there's some really big arenas in life that we have to realize that we need to understand the dichotomy between the kingdom of god and the kingdom of the world and mm. these are these are going to be where your as an individual will be challenged the most in your faith, you're going to be challenged to clarify what you believe. And that's my goal is to help you clarify what you believe. Uh, in particularly, there's some really big challenges in our society that are a result of the downstream of some philosophical shifts that we have talked about before. I won't go into those now. We can go into those again in the future. But what I want to do right now is talk about purely the practical downstream of where you get wet, so to speak, from these things. And the first one has to do with women. And that is women in general, I think, uh, in this next year are going to have to really confront so many things that they have been told by this world that would make them happy. And what has happened is most people, particularly women, young women over the last 20 years, have rejected the kingdom of God's approach to the feminine and they see it. And so what they do is they compromise with the world. But what they don't realize is that what the world has actually done is lied and it was intentional. I have a video here of this gal who analyzes it about media and its impact on women in particular. Let's watch it. People may not have been reading Humanae Vitae, but they were reading Cosmopolitan, which was filled with thrilling stories about the happiness that the sexual revolution was bringing women. Unfortunately, those stories weren't true. Now, when I was at the University of Missouri School of Journalism, we could choose a magazine to study, and I had chosen Cosmopolitan. Reading these articles in Cosmo, I said, these are too pat. These, these stories are made up. 
And when I got to Cosmo and got on staff, I found out they were. <laughs> so they were too, they were too clean they even were at too the time. Perfect, yeah. Too perfect. Helen Gurley Brown had written a little handout on writing things, and she even had guidelines on how to make, it, make up an expert. It's much easier than actually going out and finding some expert who's quotable. And I remember one time making up uh, an expert, and I just called him a Los Angeles psychologist. <laughs> but, but I mean, I'm laughing about it now, but of course it was, it was a very serious thing. These young women believed these stories, and they were just sex fantasies, and we began, they began to live them. That yeah, was give the me an example of the type of well, story you would Well, the, this kind of story that, she, you know, this woman is, she uh, goes to Paris, she meets a man on the Champs-Élysées, she helps him order a pastrami sandwich at a Jewish deli. They go back to the hotel on the left bank, they fall into bed uh, laughing, and the next morning she knows she's in love. Well, that woman, that woman didn't actually exist. We presented these stories like women were having these wonderful lives. And think about it, you know, you're out there in Michigan, you've got three kids, the, you know, the baby just threw up on your shoulder. And this just sounds so wonderful that these women are living these exciting lives. And women divorce their husbands over these things. Well, there you go. You can kind of see how this woman who worked for Cosmo talks about how the narrative that they wrote was intentionally a lie to deceive women. And I think what that has done is this is just the tip of the iceberg. I think that for women to really discover who they are and to truly be happy, they need to understand what the world has actually told them and where their expectations line up with the world's idea or with the kingdom of God's idea. Because here's the issue that I want you to consider if you're a female, and that is this, is that it's the incongruence between the two that creates all the anxiety in your life. It's the, the incongruence in the two, meaning they don't line up, that causes all of the depression and the, the expectations that are never met, the unhappiness, the lack of joy, the lack of fulfillment in your life. It is the incongruence between the two. And so I think women in particular really need to go on a journey of self-discovery. And what I mean by that is you need to really dig deep in how have I been influenced in my core values and beliefs and expectations about my life by the kingdom of the world? And how does that juxtapose or compare to the kingdom of God? So that's a big deal for women. And I think women are going to find that they can heal and renew and refresh when they see that incongruence. And then they start living more in the kingdom of God than the kingdom of the world. Yeah, I think the idea that there's literally just an entire media empire out to yeah. convince these people and right now we're talking specifically about women and the lies that they're being told but obviously yeah. there's things being told to men that are also lies oh we'll get that we'll in a get second. into that right <laughs> but it's like there's this whole media empire that has admitted that hey we are making these things up yeah. so that we can convince people of a certain thing and, and that, that's it they admit it they admitted that it was false right and so it's like those things really should make you skeptical of a lot of things, <laughs> a in lot this of things, world, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. There's only one thing that hasn't changed this whole time, and that's the words written in the Bible and yeah. what the mm -hmm. promise of God is, right? And so it's like this world's constantly telling you one thing or another is suddenly the new true thing, and it's like no, 
And There's it doesn't deliver. One. It's a yeah, lie. It never, it never delivers. It's never. Yeah. It's not making anyone happier. That's for sure. And then the people who authored that vision, right here on video, are confessing and admitting, "Yeah, we lied and made it all up." Right. That that doesn't really up your trust factor, does it? No, not at all. <laughs> well, the other thing too, you 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 talked about males. I think um, it's going to be really a challenge over the next few years because society is extremely confused when it comes to men and the role of men and and who are men especially if you have all of these people in feminist genres media and literature propagating lies you know what lies do they also propagate not just to women but to men in particular and here's an example of uh, girls college students who've been indoctrinated right uh, and then when they're challenged to name a simple fact or experience that supports what they've been taught, they're unable to do so. So let's listen to this video. You're tired of straight white men having the power in everything, you know? And it's like, we as women of color, as like students at this university, like we are very much capable of certain things and we don't have the same privileges that are offered to straight white men. And I've been hearing that from a lot of the ladies that I've been talking to today. Talk to me about what some of those privileges are that, you know, straight white men have that you don't have. Talk to me about that. Um, I think, I mean, I don't really know. Have you ever experienced, like, a specific instance? I don't know, but I also need to go. I know, I, I, I do need to go. I'm sorry. <laughs> I need to go. I'm sorry. Go. Bye. <laughs> So the, the video is kind of funny, but I just want people to understand that this is not uncommon. What they're being taught, right, is every woman, even here at Boise State University in Idaho, is being taught this ideology. And that is, is that there is this white male privilege that exists. And so they're indoctrinating young women to believe this. And you're saying, okay, so what does that mean? Well, okay, every male at the university is hearing this as well. You're sitting in a class and you're hearing this that, oh, I have privileges that she doesn't have. And so what does that do? Does that help you or confuse you? Because I think it can confuse fuses you. And this is a perfect example when people push an ideology without any research data or facts to back it up. And that's the real issue here. Christina Hoff Summers, she's a feminist. She is an avowed uh, academic scholar and a self-proclaimed feminist. And she then got married and had some boys. And then she started doing research. And what she says is that I need to advocate for boys, particularly in the public education system today, because our society, all of my research points to this, uh, in our school system, treats boys as defective girls. Girls and their behavior is the gold standard, and boys are treated as defective. Mm. And she says, over time, over a generation, this has a very powerful impact. Uh, boys are taught from very early on. Then you go to college and you hear this stuff being taught is that you are toxic purely because you have a masculinity about you. So everything that makes you a, a, a male, right? All of that's bad and, and you should suppress it and deny it. That does not make for a healthy adult male. And what we have in our society today is a lot of adult males who are causing lots of problems. Uh, on, a, on a personal note, the thing that I hear from young women in particular is, where are the men?
They're mm. all gone. I'm tired of dating boys. And then women who are married, they say to me is that uh, it, my husband is driving me crazy. He's so passive, you know, and when she first met him is attractive. Oh, here's a guy who's not trying to, you know, open doors for me. Here's a guy not trying to take away my woman, hear me roar. And what it ends up happening being is now she's going nuts because he's so passive. Right. Mm. And so there's a lot of these issues that are cropping up about males and the males do not know what it means to be a man anymore. So they basically do two things. They become passive or they become extreme versions of masculinity. And one of the biggest people out there today that advocates this is a guy by the name of Andrew Tate. Right. And he has extreme versions of, of what it means to be a man and they're not healthy either. And that's what the world is, is giving to boys. That's the world's kingdom. Now you juxtapose or you compare and you go over to the kingdom of God. And what God says is, look, you are uniquely masculine. There's all this really great stuff about you. And I am here to light a fire under it. Right. Mm -hmm. But you have to understand sin will try to warp it a little bit. So we have to have some guardrails. We have to have some discipline. We have to have some focus. This is all really important. So I think this whole year we're going to get into all of this stuff and how the kingdom of God is the answer that boys are looking for, males are looking for to discover true masculinity. Yeah. And I think just the idea that this, this idea that the media and society as a whole has, has put in men and women's heads without any research or made up research. Yeah. And the fact that we as a society and a culture have just started accepting things without any questioning, questioning. Right. And that's what we push here at the salty pastor is we're not here to tell you what to think or why to think, how to think, or we're not to tell you here to what to right. think, right. but we want to teach you how to how think to for think yourself. So you can be critically thinking and going, okay, I hear, you know, our first example video, I hear that there I'm being, uh, biased against and that there's there's privileges that these men have okay what are those privileges rather than just yeah what and, are they and what am I experiencing here on my life it's like okay yeah I'm hearing this story in another state and yeah that should be fixed if that's true but mm -hmm. I should also verify that but I should not say I am experiencing it here yeah under the guise that someone else is experiencing it somewhere else and I haven't even checked it it's just something well, then it just becomes a narrative. It's a postmodern narrative. And that is, we're going to create this narrative. We want you to believe it. And you're going to go out and fight a ghost your whole life. Right. And, and I can't imagine a more uh, a disheartening, filled with despair, when, when you're told that, man, you got to go fight this ghost. And you spend your whole life fighting a ghost that doesn't exist. Absolutely. You look back over your life and you go, what a waste. What so a waste that was. We've talked about... Uh, females. We've talked about males. Let's talk about the family as a whole. How does this affect the family? Well, I think families are no longer a priority in our society, even though they are the single most important factor in your success as an adult. Uh, your family and your family of origin will be the thing that you deal with in your life from the point time you're 20 all the way until 60 or 70. Mm. It has the greatest influence on you. It influences all of your relationships, right? Uh, right. If you're a guy, your family of origin, good or bad, will influence 
what kind of relationships you have as an adult, what kind of friend you are, how close you are to your friends. Uh, it will impact you, your family of origin, on how you discover meaning and purpose in life. And yet our society is undermining the family. Our society wants to recreate the family. They don't want it built around parent. Parental rights are being eroded at an alarming rate. You know, particularly in our educational system. There were uh, leaders in educational systems in Tennessee and Kentucky and in Virginia and New York and in New Jersey just this past year that said the education system shouldn't be influenced by parents and what they want. The goal of the educational system is to raise citizens for our society. That is frightening if you're a parent, because what these people are saying, these politicians are saying, is that we want to ha be the greatest influence on your child than you. We're responsible, the state, for raising your children, not you. That sounds like is a very different country we're living Marxist in. Marxist ideology at its core. The entire reason why, if you want me to go off on a historical rant here for a second, that America became so innovative and so creative is because the educational system existed to support parents and families on what they want to do. You go back and you look at all the great innovators, discoverers, scientists, and all the stuff, they all talk about how they were inspired for science or innovation by their family. Mm. It started in their family, and then education was a tool to help them achieve those goals. The, the point when education becomes the controller of children and tries to erode the influence of parents, that's a mistake, that's a flaw, and that's a system that is a problem. As a matter of fact, the role of the father in the family is understated across the board. I have a video from Denzel Washington who talks about love how, Denzel. yeah, you love Denzel. Listen to what he talks about when it comes to fathers in the family. Do you think we've made any headway? And I think it's more important to make headway in our own house. By the time the system comes into play, the damage is done. They're not locking up seven-year-olds. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I was in Chicago a couple of three, four weeks ago, and we saw these little kids on bikes with masks on the side of their head. You look at his picture, you'll see the headshot of him. He's like this. And he got murdered at 11 by a 14-year-old. You blame the system? Where was his father? It starts in the house. It starts in the home. Mm. Where is the father? He's saying, look, that kid got into the system. You can blame the flaws of the system, but uh, Marxist ideology, postmodern ideology, believes that there's a system that's perfect that de-emphasizes the personal responsibility of people, okay? And that is being played out in the family. And so one of the things is, well, let's tell males they're toxic. Let's tell, tell males they're the problem and that they have all the privilege. And so that way, as we push them to his side, nobody's going to stand up and advocate that this is a really bad idea for families. Mm -hmm. It's really a bad idea for children to grow up without a father's. If you go in and you look at the, that entire interview that he did with that guy, he goes in there and he talks about... He grew up with three of his best friends, right? And he said, we grew up in a group together and we went on it. So Denzel Washington, Academy Award winner, one of the most successful actors today, wealthy beyond belief because of his success, right? What's really now his own children are becoming successful in their own 
Right. He looks back and he says, in the friends that I grew up with, my three best friends, he goes, all three of them did over 20 years in prison. Mm. And he said, you know what the difference between my friends in the neighborhood I grew up with and me? I had a father. Mm. My father was there. My father was involved in my life. He was a good man. Now, what's interesting when he talks about his Christian faith, he says it was his mother who had the greatest influence on him as a Christian. But I think that's so critically important is we live in a world today that is trying to push aside fatherhood. And if I may be so bold or salty as to say, our entire legal system up until recently, when somebody, when a family got divorced, the father was a second-class citizen in its regards to the children. And their role was limited, okay? And oftentimes in family disputes, Mothers use children as pawns with the ex-husband ex and the father of the children, okay? This is not a good thing at all. And so we need to bring back a sense of the family. That sense of what a family is meant to be and our commitment to it comes from the kingdom of God. It doesn't come from the kingdom of the world. And the long-term impact on the family, if we live and adopt the values of this world, is really, really bad. If we adopt the values of the kingdom of God, then there's hope for every child to grow up in a family where they have a mom and a dad. Yeah, I think this idea we're already seeing of the way that this de-emphasis on family and that the family doesn't matter, that it's only what you know the government says or what your, your truth yeah. is— is matters. It's your friend group. Yeah, it's like your tribe. Yeah, your and it's tribe. Like those can be big influences on you, sure. but it's like ultimately how you are raised makes a huge impact on your outcomes. Yes. Like, and anyone who tells you differently is obviously not looking at anything yeah. in reality. I don't they, think. If they are liars. Yeah. And so this de-emphasis of the family and, you know, just trust us you're just, yeah. you know, feel what you feel. It's like, it's, it's, we're already seeing the degradation of that. We're seeing the and degradation. So, yeah. And kids and are so, growing up. What confused in, in this, these younger generations have more anxiety, more mental health issues, more gender confusion than any other generation that they've ever charted, uh, in history. Yeah. And so we're seeing a huge impact on that. Yeah. So we've and, talked about, Men, we've talked about women, we've talked about the family. How does these different kingdoms impact the church, Pastor? Well, I think as a follower of Christ, you know, you're a part of the church, whether you attend a church or not. You're mm. a part of the church because that's how Jesus designed it and meant for it. And so you're a part of a church, whether you know it or not, if you're a follower of Christ and you've been redeemed by him. The only question is, is what kind of community member are you? Are you a good one or a poor one? Yes. You know, and you'll be held accountable for that. You know, mm -hmm. when you stand before Christ, it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, it says, every person will stand before the judgment sheet of Christ and they will be recompensed. They will be judged for the deeds they did to the body. Well, what body? My personal body? No, he's talking about the body of Christ, the church. church. He says, You'll, you will be held accountable and give an account for the deeds that you did. Were you poor or were you good? And so I think it's really important to understand is that we give an account. Now, the biggest question, though, is so many people have a negative view because what's happening in the world today is that the church is being denigrated in such a way. Now, here's the deal. The very first video we watched 
was a woman who worked at Cosmopolitan, which was a media giant. I don't know if it still is today, but back in the 70s and the 80s, 90s, it was a massive media giant. Mm -hmm. Hundreds of millions of dollars made all kinds of people wealthy. And the people who wrote the stories about that young woman's lifestyle just admitted to you that they lied. But nobody could see it was a lie. They were all deceived. Why? Because they're very, very good at deception. Mm -hmm. They're very good at constructing stories and, and they make it flashy and beautiful and wonderful. She said, we were even taught how to make up an expert. So they would quote an expert to support their false narrative, right? And so they're like, they're very, very good at that. So today, there are a lot of people who create false narratives about the church. There's a lot of people who say, I don't want to be a Christian because Christians fill in the blank, even though that's completely false, right? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And today, what's really amazing is how much mockery and hatred of the church there is today. I have a video of something that just happened in San Diego. There was a church. This church does not have an aggressive opinion about LGBT plus or anything at all like that. Okay. What happened is there was a guy who was a speaker, right? Who was going to come in and do a special thing. And he's not a big anti any person, but there was a false narrative propagated about this guy. And look at what these people did to this church because he came to speak. So what you have here is a really sad thing. And what a lot of people yeah. are not, you know, aware of is since the overturning of Roe v. Wade, there have been over 50, 50. So one in every state documented cases of hate crimes against Christian churches and Christian organizations. Windows smashed, vandalism like this. Some places have even been burnt to the ground. But the FBI refuses to investigate these hate crimes in order to prosecute anybody. So mm. Merrick Garland and the, the person who's in charge of the FBI has told the FBI not to investigate these hate crimes against churches and Christian organizations. So that, that should give you pause a little bit. Because yeah. I thought a crime was a crime, and the point of justice is that it's equally applied. Right. You know, if Christians were going out and burning down mosques, I would want the FBI to go and find those people and prosecute them Absolutely. for the crimes that they committed. But no, if you're a Christian, mm-mm, not anymore. Penn and Teller recorded videos that are on TikTok and YouTube. People love Penn and Teller because they're comedians and they're really popular. But uh, one of the guys, uh, Penn Jillette, is a big atheist guy. And so they're now recording videos attacking the Bible and calling people who believe in the Bible fools and stupid. Even Joe Rogan, you know, who's no friend of Christianity, and we've shown some of his clips in right. the past of how he kind of denigrates it. He goes, he said, Christianity is the most attacked faith in America. 
And so it's popular now to attack it. In Portland, just this past weekend, a, a Korean church, a Christian Korean church that was over a hundred years old in downtown Portland, and it's on the historic registry, was burnt to the ground by a trans activist. Okay. Mm. This is what's happening. There's going to be more persecution than ever before. And so I think we have to be aware that the kingdom of the world is really not happy with the kingdom of God. And you're going to see those two clash like never before this year and in the years to come. Yeah. I think watching those video, that video of just the, that vandalism and how tragic it is to see such hate, um, perpetrated against against that church and and their its congregates and yeah. i mean we blurred out all the 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 expletives but you can yeah. guess what was written <laughs> right behind it yeah all of those things yeah, they spray painted f-bombs everywhere yeah and so you know that kind of hate we would like you said we would hope if there were christians acting unchristianly and persecuting yeah. perpetrating things like that we would want them um you know prosecuted and and that's not happening and so um i think it's just really important that we have an understanding that there is stuff going on it may not seem like there's stuff going on but when you really look into it Mm -hmm. there is and so it's becoming more prevalent and it's becoming more prevalent and more okay Mm -hmm. to do right and so i want to talk a little bit as we wrap up in these last couple minutes how does a deeper understanding or, or conviction about the kingdom of god impact our response to all these crazy things that are going on in society well everything we just talked about are some major challenges that i see us having to face in the year to come and the kingdom of god is designed by its very nature to give you a life in the midst of all of these challenges it it, the kingdom of god is designed by its very nature to give you life in the midst of an environment that is attempting to steal your life to cheat your life to rob you of life the kingdom of god is designed to protect you from this theft the kingdom of god is designed to teach you how to discover the point and purpose of your life whether you're a young woman or a young man or an elderly man and an elderly woman or anything in between the kingdom of god is designed to guide you how to love other people, especially your spouse. The kingdom of God is designed to teach you how to be a better husband, a better father, a better wife, a better mother. If you're single, you know how to be better at being single. If you're a single mom, how to be a great single mom. The kingdom of God is designed to teach you how to live in this way. The kingdom of God is designed to guide you how to build a family and to raise children that's healthy and strong. It's filled with joy, even in the midst of a dark world. The kingdom of God is designed by its very nature to help you be a part of a healthy community of faith, a place where you are encouraged and inspired and challenged and held accountable when needed. But mostly you are learning to think for yourself, make decisions of your faith for yourself because you are understanding this is what it means to grow in faith, to become a confident person, a courageous person, a person who has convictions about why I am here on the face of the earth. The kingdom of God and living in it is the antidote for every challenge that we face in the world today. And that's why I think we need to focus on it. We need to understand it. We need to dig deep into it. And we need to show how the kingdom of the world is false, but the kingdom of God endures forever. 
Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Pastor. I'm really excited to have you back on the stage this Sunday as you preach on this. And I'm excited for us to spend a year talking about the kingdom of God. I know we'll have a lot of different topics that will be encompassed in that topic, but um, I'm excited that that's our overall theme and focus for this year. So thank you guys so much for joining us. And we look forward to seeing you on Sunday here at Foothills Christian Church. Blessings and Happy New Year.